Hi, listener. This is Laura. Real quick to announce this podcast is a year old. It launched on Mother's Day of 2021. Well, the intro episode was May 7th, 2021, and the first published interview was released on Mother's Day, May 9th, 2021, and it is now May 11th, 2022. How exciting this project has lasted an entire year. Granted, I had to take off like three months because pregnancy made me so tired, but I love talking to women about their experiences, and I'm so grateful so many women were and are willing to share with me their thoughts and wisdom. I am happy to continue this project for as long as women are willing to talk to me. So here's the next episode and apologies for the weird crackly audio on my end. I'm not sure why it sounds so off in this interview. I tried to clean it up as best I could. So enjoy the interview. Welcome to Laura Asks About Motherhood, where I, Laura Pruitt, ask my guests about their experiences of being a mom. Today's guest is a lady who is a wife of a guy who was former military and lived nine years abroad, three years in Japan, and six years in Germany while raising their kids. They got back to the States in 1999. This lovely lady is a maker. She makes things, crochets, quilts, sews, altars. And I know you can't see the video because this is a podcast, but she is currently crocheting as we speak. (laughs) (laughs) She has five kids, ages 40, 39, 38, going to be 35, and 32. She has four grandkids, ages 17, 12, 10, and 8. Please welcome this lovely lady who I met in Tempe, Ann Covert. Yay! Hello, Laura. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm here at the present. <laughs> Physically? Yes. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, Anne, did you always know you wanted kids? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was my... Only thing goal in life, I think, was to be a mom. I mean, in fact, in, in college, I said I was going for my uh, MRS degree, majoring in personal husbandry. Oh, my word. <laughs> hey, I, I, I managed it. I got married before I graduated. So, goal accomplished. I, I guess it worked. <laughs> How old were you when you became a mom? 21. How did your age affect your mothering or did it? Uh, I had enough energy to chase them around. That's what I'm glad of. Any older and I probably would have been totally exhausted, even though I was exhausted then anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I had a lot of help. I lived, we lived close enough to both set of parents that we could say, Hey, hi, how would you like the grandkids? Bye. That's nice. It's always good to have some kind of support out system. Yeah, totally. How old you are. Yeah. Yeah. So you can, you can love your kids, but 
sometimes you need to get away. Sure. Yeah. For your sake, for the kid's sake. Yeah. <laughs> that makes yes. sense. My mantra was, I love my children. I love my children. I love my children. <laughs> oh, I warned you. <laughs> That's fine. I just was muted because there's a siren in the background on my end. Okay. <laughs> um, so when you were living abroad, it sounds like the kids were older by that point. Uh, no, in Japan, the oldest one was five, and then it was five, four, three, and then I was, I gave birth to two while we were there. In Japan? Wow. Yeah. So they were all like red rats. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, that sounds super busy. I had, we had friends. Yeah. And and contacts through church and community that we still had a bit about once in a while. Mm -hmm. That's good. What was it like to shift to the role of mom? I can't say that I've always been a mom because I'm the youngest. But I seem to always be able to keep track of. Yeah, I've got like three eyes to keep track of everybody. Well, I was trying to get violin lessons from a, a professional. And he told me I wasn't concentrating enough because I'm a mom. Because I still had feelers out and hearing everything and being distracted. Like, oh, something's going on. So that was a little downfall. I never intended to be a professional violinist, but... Uh, <laughs> But I am a professional mom, yeah. Huh? So, hey, yeah, you do. You have kids. When they get older, they come back and, and visit you. That's the payment. Hmm. That's nice. Did becoming a mom change the way others saw you or treated you? Uh, I can say so. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Because either they didn't know me before or, you know, with moving fairly early or, or even when we were still in the States with the kids, I just always felt like I've been the same. Mm -hmm. I guess I, I was, well, that's interesting. No, I, don't, I never even thought of that bad. Okay, that's good. Um, did becoming a mom change the way you saw or treated other people? I don't think so. Unless it was more understanding of little kids making noise in quiet places or screaming at the top of their lungs when they're trying to get in car seats. I, I was more <laughs> understanding and says, yeah, then they're done that. So that's, I think, is the only thing. Okay. Not that I ever thought, oh, that's terrible. This is, it just happens, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so. cool. It's fairly boring. <laughs> no, not at all. No, it's, it's just interesting to hear what everybody's experience has been and what their perspective is. When you expect, when you've always expected to be a mom mm -hmm. or anticipated it, I guess you've always think like mom, I guess. Hmm. 
least with me. Okay. Hmm. Cool. Were any of your kids planned? And yes or no, did that affect the way you mother? Well, definitely plan one, the first one. Uh, the other ones just seemed to come when they wanted to. And I didn't change the way I treated them because it was just, okay, you're here, let's go. But I'm in for it for now. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did your mothering change after it, each kid? And if, if yes. Little things. How? Little things? Like you, can't, you can't discipline each kid the same way. When one did something that I, I did, pat his bottom, he goes, is that supposed to hurt? <laughs> I go, oh, okay. That's not going to work. Your punishment is you can have to sit on my lap and be hugged. And that was totally awful for him. He did not like to be touched from an itty-bitty baby. So uh, that way he, he, he listened a little bit better if he knew he was going to have to get hugged. Now, the other ones, they're just the opposite. I, you know, they'd rather have a hug. And some I just have to say no and no further content. And the other ones wouldn't do nothing good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Correct their behavior. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Other that's... than medication. <laughs> other than what? Medication. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Which is important. Yeah. It's finding, and it's important to find out their what's going to happen before they hit puberty and the tendencies, because otherwise it can be a hardship. Before puberty, how would you even know? Well, like in, in elementary school, the one that was our hardest, he would bash his head against a desk out of frustration because he was being bullied, but he couldn't fight back. So he inflicted on himself. Well, I did get him to doctors, but they kind of missed the fact that he needed extra chemicals, I guess you'd say. And so he took care of it himself when he was a teenager, mm. which was not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Self medication is not, doesn't always go good. I don't know that it ever goes well. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Is he doing any better now? Oh, yeah. He's, he's figured out a lot. He's now a head chef in our little town we used to live in and uh, yeah. of the biggest restaurant in town. So he's, he's managing now that he's found what works. Good for him. That's good. So, okay. I, I think I understand better what you mean by like, you know, before they hit puberty, just picking up on. Who on they are. Little, yeah. Yeah. On their personalities, their, their uh, reactions, mm-hmm. their get a good diagnosis. If things don't seem normal. Yeah. 
That makes sense. Because yeah. then once puberty happens, then, you know, all, all kinds of things change. Oh, yeah. And intensify. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So having the help before that happens could help through that transition. Oh, yeah. And make it a lot smoother mm-hmm. for both parties. Yeah. Yeah. Involved. The whole family, I imagine. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. So we're not, you know, Molly perfect that kids all behave and and end up model citizens, but really that's a, there's bumps in the roads that you can't always anticipate. But if you have enough foresight, it can uh, ease the process. Mm-hmm. Knowledge is 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 a good thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. But don't but- sit there and think, "Oh, my kid is is really different," and it not be. But you know, you got to. It's like when you take a medication. If you read. The side effects first before having something strange going on. Sometimes you manifest those problems. Oh, uh huh. You're like, oh no, now I have this weird side effect because you're yeah. aware of it. Yeah. But if you get inkling that, no, this isn't quite normal, then read the side effects and you can catch it before it gets too bad. Does that make sense? How well. How would you apply that to a kid, though? They don't come with a, a label of side effects. <laughs> uh, well, if you find that your kid likes to climb out on a roof of a four-story building oh, with no word. fear, you might want to look into his psyche. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just kind of go with your gut then. <laughs> just kind of watch the uh, kid and kind of go with your gut. Okay. Something's wrong with this kid. Here. Wow, holy cow. <laughs> you get a call from a neighbor and you live on the fourth, the, the third floor of a complex and say, your kid's on the roof. Yeah. Then something is a little off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. And they're in elementary school. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of impressive. Yeah. As far as he, he says, well, I wasn't going to fall. You know, I'm good. He says, yeah, but the other kids don't know that. And, and you don't know if they're going to follow you out and, and fall. So uh, don't do that. <laughs> Try to be a good leader mm-hmm. rather than. Send everybody to your them. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we mentioned your husband and the, in your intro, he was in the military for a long time. Yes. So how does, how did having your husband um, affect your parenting? Well, 
you got to get used to being both parents when they're gone. Hmm. When they're gone a lot or if, if, you know, he spent seven months, which is a small amount of time compared to a lot of military families, you know, not in the same country as us. Actually, about eight with Japan as well. So you just got to be able to manage all everything. And then when they get back and you're with them together again, allow them to take over, which is hard once you get used to doing everything yourself. But you goof up for a while. Just, oh, yeah, that's right. You're here now, so you can do that instead of me. <laughs> or give them a chance to put the kids to bed or get them ready. Mm-hmm. Rather than just taking over and doing it yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not always sunshine and rainbows, but if you have patience and endure, can enjoy the good times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't don't expect motherhood to be always fun and always easy. Oh my gosh, no! I was anticipating it to be always hard and joyless. This is why I <laughs> I, I didn't want kids for a long time. <laughs> oh yeah, but the the joyous times are fun, even when they get uh, into trouble. Sometimes it's it's just too funny. You can't scold them. <laughs> but one time in, in a building housing in Japan, they were just having too much fun and kind of laughing and, and that. So I go upstairs and from the bathroom to a bedroom, it made a water slide. How? <laughs> water on the, on the hardwood floors. And, oh, my goodness. <laughs> And, and sliding. Oh my goodness! They that started, like they, wanted, they started by put, wanting to put water in a little toy, toy castle moat, and and dropped water on the floor and found that it was slippery. Oh, we can slide! And then they got to the point that they just were sliding down the hall. Down the yeah, from the bathroom to the bedroom through the hallway. And uh, it was just too funny. I just handed them towels and just told them, okay, just dry it up. Too cute, too funny. No worries. <laughs> and I can't get mad at them for being ingenious. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they didn't hurt anybody or anything. They're hardwood floors. But they didn't stay long after us anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. They come up with lots of things and they get silly and especially when you get a pack of three that are a year apart, you know, they entertain themselves quite well. <laughs> That's fun. How does your religion affect your mothering? A lot is very helpful because no matter where we went, we knew that our church was there. Therefore, we had basically family that we could lean from and rely on. And 
you didn't have to go around trying to make friends every Sunday. We did, you know, introduce the first week and say, Oh, hi. Yeah. Okay. You're right there. We'll be seeing you. And it's a, it's a great thing. No matter what congregation you seem to be in, if we always had family when we were there. Yay. Oh, that's great. And it sounded like it provided some stability, some consistency when there was so much change. Oh, yeah. When, when you change countries to live in and you're unsure of everything, <coughs> to know that there's people that believe the same thing you do and know that you could have somebody you could call that you could rely on in an emergency or just to quick watch the kids for something. It's great. I don't see how anybody can do it without the, uh, the support system that any religion would, you know, be with. Mm -hmm. But it seems to be ours with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Extre extremely more close. We were, were geared to help each other in all things, especially with mothers mothers and young kids that's great yeah that sounds super helpful i don't think i would have made it traveling moving so much without knowing that we had that support system mm -hmm. you can't carry family around with you all the time but mm -hmm. if you know that there's basically a family there through this it really helps Great. And even now, when we're old and gray, we have family. <laughs> yeah, that's how we met, was through church. Yep. Yeah. As because we don't see you so much after beating everybody in the games we play, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, you are a champion um, board game winner. <laughs> <laughs> Although us not seeing you not as, doing that so much. Yeah. Well, I think that has more to do with COVID than the fact that you always won. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah. COVID really took it out, Eleanor. Yeah, but one day I will beat you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. How does your culture affect the way? affect your mothering culture well that's where a lot of people you know my culture is my religion because my religion is my culture mm -hmm. yet i go back to where i grew up and i'm not used to anymore because like my one son would say Mom, everybody looks the same here, where he's used to a, a multicultural society and go back to where we grew up. And, there, they, you know, it's not as mixed. But uh, I don't know if I have a, a, a set culture because we end up talking bits and pieces of different languages in the house. My daughter would call for my husband in Japanese. 
like that, if she could hear. And then my husband would ask one of the kids something in Russian, just because that just would come out of his mouth at the time. So and we tried to try different cultures. So we're no offense to any of the gorgeous cultures around. We, we kind of blend them in with us. Spending three years in Japan and six years in Germany. Oh, and then I studied Korean a bit lately. Mama. And she just wants to be vocal. <laughs> and so I'm truly American because I'm, I'm very a mixed pot. Mm-hmm. Oh, and my daughter-in-law, we, we break out in, in Jewish, Yiddish, Russian, which is weird because I never talk Swedish because I have, and yet I am a quarter Swede. Mm-hmm. So make culture whatever you think, say. Uh-huh. uh-huh. That's fun. Yeah, that makes total sense that you would pick up stuff from living in other countries and bring it back to wherever you live now, you know, just like it, it becomes a part of your family experience. Right. We have a, a room that's Japanese and just we're very eclectic in our, our furnishing and our personalities. So. Fun. Dot, dot, dot. We're a little weird. that's what makes you interesting i'm a little weird too (laughs) it's fine um oh i forgot to ask you before we started recording is your mother still living no i'm sorry for your loss when i was 28 okay that seems kind of young to lose your mom yeah well my dad passed away when i was six oh my goodness that's really young to use to lose your dad yeah, so I, that's why I said my personality doesn't change much because I've just always been me, mm-hmm. I guess. And uh, oh, a little bit of my mom, she had a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Had to just raise me and my brothers and sister alone. So, yeah, yeah, that'd be tough. So what kind of relationship did you have with your mom? Pretty good until I started dating. <laughs> and she dated along once in a while with some of the guys I go out with. But she liked my husband because he was the one who would come to help her out with, with stuff around the house. Oh, that's nice. So, Did your relationship um, with your mom change once you became a mom? No, she always seemed to think I was her little girl. Mm-hmm. I was a baby of the family, so I was always the baby. Mm-hmm. Okay. She didn't really treat me much different. I always remember when I got surprised by getting kicked by the whichever baby I was carrying. She says, oh, and I'd make a fuss going, oh, she goes, oh, stop that. So, Okay. <laughs> I can't be surprised when I feel this thing inside me move. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's supposed to be normal. 
I mean, I guess, right? You kind of want that. Yeah. So it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did your relationship with your mom affect the way you mommed? She gave me a sense of humor. Mm -hmm. As far you know, maybe laugh and do silly things with the kids. My mom was always out of work during the summer because she worked school lunch. So she'd have time to play board games or card games with us and the whole neighborhood. So you can blame my mom for, for board games. <laughs> Why? Okay. So I just have to play more board games then. <laughs> yeah. It's up to you. <laughs> yeah. It's important to play with your kids. Don't just sit them in front of a, a video game and, and let them in, you know, it's good to, oh, and that was one tale that I forgot about with my problem child is when we were playing board games, he never liked to lose. And that's one reason that we slowly didn't play as much board games because he would be really upset if he lost. So I should have taken that as a, a curse, precursor to the future tendencies as well. Hmm. So it is important to play board games to see reactions. Mm -hmm. And also to teach proper reactions. And teach proper reactions. I'm getting cues from the book. Telling me what to say. Mm -hmm. That's course. a good point. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. I was just, just going to say, uh, like, you know, looking in hindsight, you can see how, like, things that may appear disconnected are actually connected. Yeah. Sometimes it, it takes hindsight to see those clues. And that's why being educated in some things help to catch those things. Wish I was more educated. <laughs> but with, well, then other things show up and they can still surprise you and send you on your butt too. So, but anyway, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, hindsight's very good. <laughs> and just to know that they'll be themselves no matter what you think they should be. You can't. You say you mold a child. No, a child molds themselves. You may be able to poke a finger in once in a while, but they become what they are going to be. Mm -hmm. Show example is the best. Lots of times they, they pick up on examples that you didn't want them to see, you know, if Oh, you caught me doing that. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Yes. Good reminder. Good reminder. What is something that has surprised you about motherhood? How fast it goes. How quickly they grow and gone. And cherish all their cute moments. Record all their 
cute little baby giggles. So when they get older, you can play it back and say, yes, they're still cute. I love my children. (laughs) That's a good idea when you're frustrated. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Remember when you sounded like this? Oh, you were so cute. (laughs) What happened? (laughs) Oh. What has been hard about motherhood? Seeing them become what they become. Oh. You know, when you have anticipations, thinking that they're going to be, you know, high anticipations for them, and then they don't meet your anticipation, but they become what they want to be. Oh. You have to let them become what they want to be, what not what you feel that they should be. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I can see how that would be a hard mental transition for you. Yeah. yeah you can't, even though it's so easy to do, you can't say, well, what did I do wrong when it's their choice and always their choice? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying make the choices for them because that doesn't work either. Mm -hmm. They have to make their own when they have the minds that are able to make proper choices. Mm -hmm. Say a a, a brain doesn't able to make true choices and, and define them for the like 25, a little earlier for girls because... We're just that way. <laughs> That's what I've heard. Yeah. The brain like continues developing until mid twenties. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. then they finally kind of fit into their slots where they're comfortable, whether you're comfortable with it or not. That's not the point. Mm-hmm. You still love them. Whatever the choices are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the hard part. Yeah, I can see how that would be hard. Yeah. My parents have been really struggling sometimes with some of the choices I've made. Not that I'm like a bad person or anything. <laughs> just, no, it's just, yeah. They had this image of something different, maybe. Mm-hmm. And yet, you uh-huh. are you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They yeah. still love you, but. Mm-hmm. And don't be upset if if they're upset. That's an own personal problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but that's a good reminder for when when my baby comes sometime in August, you know, I'm like whenever yeah. they're growing up. Um, just to be like, you are you, you are your own little person and not try to hold them to too many expectations and just kind of let them develop as they develop. Yeah, you can plot out of, 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 you know, you don't let them run wild and crazy. Right. You know, there are guidelines and of course. Set parameters in, in everything. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the shipbuilding will go awry or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they're just building their own little personalities and they're not always blueprinted mm-hmm. beforehand. Mm-hmm. What about motherhood brings you joy? When they come back and say, I love you, or 
somebody comes and says, oh, your child is, is amazing. They did this or that or, you know, mm-hmm. their, their praise is my praise. And then I feel like I've done something right, no matter what. And uh, grandkids are some other things. You get to spoil them. Mm-hmm. It's like, why can't we just have grandkids first? That'd be just fun, but it doesn't work that way. <laughs> no. <laughs> grandkids are your reward for parenthood. Aw, that's sweet. That sounds like a t-shirt. Mm, it does. <laughs> that, would, that would probably sell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what advice would you give someone like me who's getting ready for motherhood? Patience is golden. It's it's a must. And if you can't find it yet, there's always put the child down nicely. Go to the bedroom. Find a pillow. Have scream, and then go out and hug your baby. Noted. <laughs> well, it has been a joy chatting with you. Thank you so much. Um, my last question for you: Is there anything else you want to add? <sighs> Enjoy all the cute moments. Try to forget the frustrations, and know that people are around you that would love love to give you a hand and help, and have been through it. So that's what I say. Perfect. Thank you. It's amazing. Time flips so fast. So enjoy every hug and squeeze and and burp and, and oh, what a mess. Until they're old enough to, you just say, okay, clean up your own mess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My sister-in-law said something similar. She said, um, you know, take pictures of everything, even the stressful, messy moments, because like you'll look back and like laugh at it. Like, <laughs> but but also yeah. it's your life, you know. Like it's yep. it's all your life. Yeah. Yeah. Good reminder. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Makes me realize how quickly time does pass. Mm-hmm. Now I want my baby hugs. <laughs> <laughs> it can give me a hug. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you again. Okay, have fun. We'll be there. Thanks. Thank you so much for chatting with me, Anne. Thank you for being so open and willing to share your thoughts and advice. I really appreciate it. If you, listener, want to come on the podcast and share your experiences of being a mom, send me a message. Or if you know someone who would be interested in coming on the podcast, send them my way. I'd love to chat. You can reach out to me on the Laura Asks About Motherhood Facebook page or Instagram account. Please subscribe, leave a rating and review, and thanks for listening!